What's going on, everybody? Welcome in. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill. We are here. Tuesday episode of All Canadian. Bowl season is over. The provincial champions have been decided. We are going to get to that. The CFL playoffs are now cemented as well. Nathan Rourke had a freaking day. We are going to get there as well. And the heck Crichton Trophy nominees have been announced. Are we happy? I don't know. We are going to get to that in the show as well, but I have to ask, Wade, have you have you warmed up from Saturday yet? Because we were at that Yates Cup and it was damn cold. I wasn't as cold as you were. You were oh the one that was frozen. God. Are you okay? Right from the tailgate. Right from the tailgate. Um, I'm and thank you now. very much to thank you very much to Dan and the other Queens alumni for inviting us out to that. That was a blast. Oh, so um, much fun! They had uh, it was it was great. So a couple of the Queens, like a couple of Queens alumni. So these are guys that have played um like from all all different Vandy all cup teams i mean the 09 bunch of guys on the 09 team were there Skip so beeman from the 60s but they had we that had tent everyone. set up and it was great they were barbecuing hot dogs they were barbecuing burgers there was steak fajitas, fajitas. They, steak fajitas got pulled out at one point and we did leave them some nice sawdust city beer they surprised us with their own sawdust too they that was did. a big part if you guys want to get in on that sawdust action just a reminder that sawdust city brewing company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more this november keep using it cfl at checkout for your free shipping on your first order over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only, must be of legal drinking age. And get geared up for game day with Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle tech. If you head to their website at fox40shop.com, you can use code CFP15 at checkout on all of their great products. You can get their coaching boards, you can get their tri-layer whistle, the whistle gator, and the new Sonic Blast CMG whistle. But with Black Friday coming up as well, Fox 40 whistles are on sale. 30 to 50% off all whistles, including custom custom whistles. That's fox40shop.com. So head over there and check out all of their great stuff. But yes, thank you so much to Dan for having us out to that pregame tailgate before the game because that was a lot of fun. It was a good way to try to stay warm i don't know if i accomplished that though no i uh i gave you the mittens i gave i tried to give you hand warms but you wouldn't take them but uh we made our way into the stadium and what a game it was we are going to get there quickly but let's talk about the cfl because while there was u sports championships being handed out this week there's a lot of cfl action five games including nathan rourke and a tuesday game Absolutely, all of the games were meaningless this week. Uh, all of the Not playoffs. All of them. Well, I guess they were. They were okay. all meaningless after Montreal lost. Yeah, the first game of the week was Ottawa at Montreal. Tuesday it was Edmonton at okay, Toronto. Okay. The first game of the weekend was Ottawa at Montreal. As soon as Ottawa had their comeback win, uh, the rest of the games were meaningless, pointless, absolutely useless. Which means that. We got Nathan Rourke, which means that we got Jake Meyer for sections of the Calgary game. We had McGuire in for Winnipeg. We had Harker in <laughs> in Saskatchewan. And once Hamilton got up 14-0, they put in Dane Evans. So they played both their guys. Like, literally 
everybody was just like, yeah, oh, well, let's just, let's keep our guys safe. I got to tell you, like it was, it was a tough week to write the, the CFL previews this week. <laughs> like I was scraping for content. I texted you. I was like, man, like I'm going to have to try to, to do something here. So I might have to squeeze a David Cote for rookie of the year uh, campaign piece here in this Montreal preview. Uh, I did not do it, but uh, I do want to say that David Cote is having a hell of a year, but uh, playoff scenario is now shaken out after week 16. So Hamilton blackout hosting the Montreal Alouettes on Saturday night in the hammer. And then we have the Calgary Stampeders traveling to Mosaic stadium to take on Cody Fajardo and those rough riders in a playoff game in Mosaic in the cold. Not the first playoff game in Saskatchewan this year, not the last, uh, but uh, I guess it could be the last, probably will be the last. Uh, You're taking Calgary, but, really? We'll talk about that on Thursday. No, no, no. Either way, there's no more playoff games in Saskatchewan. Oh, they got it because they got to travel to Winnipeg. You're right. Yeah. True. Yeah. Okay. okay. But uh, let's start in BC because that was a game that I was most excited about, especially after all the other stuff happened. I was like, oh, please just give me something to be. And then Nathan Roar came out and just touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. I was like, yes, Nathan Roar. Yeah. But he showed he's going to be a starter in the league. That's it. He's played enough games this year that he's shown consistency. He's shown growth. He's going to be a starter. And now it's just a matter of how much longer do they want to wait with Michael Riley before they make the move. Take into account that in, in less games, we are more confident in rookie quarterback Nathan Rourke than we are in any quarterback playing in Ottawa right now, including Duck Hodges, who has NFL experience. Can we just take that in for a second? And Matt Nichols, who like... Just oh, I don't even count. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't believe he's going to be on Ottawa's roster next year, so I wasn't really counting him. <laughs> But no, like, it's true. He takes care of the football. He has athletic ability to go and run for days. I mean, this is a guy that was at the Giants rookie camp as a wide receiver. Like, let's not forget this. He was trying out as an NFL wideout. Uh, but let's also remember that he owns most of Ohio's Bobcats uh, passing records. So, like, he has the arm. He has the athletic ability. He shows he can take care of the ball. He's a competitor. They've got a good one. He and it's a Canadian QB of all things. Yeah, and he's a Canadian QB. Like, I, I like he put up almost 400 this week, and he had 359. He's a Canadian QB, but what I love most about this is, like, if we want to start, and I think we talk about this a lot, like, almost every time that we bring up Nathan Rourke, but, like, if we want to start growing the game in a more positive direction, and like, like we all want to see happen, we want to see the Canadian football leagues keep expanding and, and, you know, start expanding into younger generations and, and more, more of the, the younger fans. But I mean, to attract them, we need to have these young superstars like Nathan Rourke that are Canadian, that these young kids that are 11, 12, whatever can point to and be like, Hey, that's really cool. Like that guy is from where I'm from and he's a starting quarterback in, you know, the pro Canadian league. He's the starting quarterback for the BC lions in the CFL. And I'm from where he's from. Or like, we need these, I don't want to like cop out here, but like we need these like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby type icons in the CFL where kids can be like, yeah, I'm from that small town where this kid's from. And now he's doing what, you know, I as a 12 year old, am dreaming about doing. And I think Nathan Rourke is going to, when he gets that shot to finally be the starting quarterback, I think he's going to bring that a little bit, or at least be the start of something. 
I think you're 100% right. And uh, I personally don't think it'll be next year. No, but at the start, but maybe halfway through next year, maybe at the end of next year. Let's be realistic. Now, after. Like Mike, Mike Riley comes back. Sorry, Michael Riley he's comes still the, back and says, I'm good to go. Starts. Yeah. 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 Like he's even with his shaky start, he still was the leader in passing. It's mind you, Claros didn't play the last two games um, where he didn't play the last one. So I think that kind of plays into it. Um, but like he's still top two in the passing, even at that. No, I, I was very happy to see Nathan Rourke play as well as he did. Um, but, yeah, so playoff scenarios set in stone. Let's get going towards the Grey Cup. Uh, Grey Cup Festival, I'm sure, will be fun down in Hamilton. Uh, let's talk about some U Sports stuff. We're going to start with the Yates Cup because we were there. Uh, this was a Wow. Physical... I was going to say, what end, of the, what end of the country do you want to start on? He picks the middle. Ways I picked the middle because we were there. Because <laughs> we were there. Because um, I want to end on the West Coast, but I okay. don't want to get to say an effect just yet. Uh, let's talk about Queens. This was a physical beatdown. 29 yeah. nothing for Western. Yep. It was, uh, was punch-in-the-mouth football for four quarters from the Western Mustang. Well, okay, three quarters because I didn't need to do anything in the fourth. But <laughs> from the hop, it was domination from the guys in purple. I mean, Keon Edwards in the first half had three touchdowns. The dude finished the day with 21 attempts, 158 yards. Most of that yardage coming in that first half had an absolute day. And then this Western defense forces an interception, forces four fumbles, recovers three of those fumbles. I mean, out physical on both sides of the ball. And yeah, one of those fumbles was a contentious call that kind of stalled out at Queens' best offensive drive to that pretty much the whole day. Um, on after that fumble, though, I do want to say like, well, they turned it around with an interception. Yes, that yeah. fumble did stall some, did stall huge momentum, and I think it would have. I don't necessarily think it would have swung the game, but I think it would have given Queens a bit more life had they scored off that off that fumble. It was a very I'm going to say it was a 60-40 call. I'm pretty sure that was not a fumble. But but I'm not a referee. I'm not paid to make that call. But, I mean, like, Queens did have an opportunity after that off of an interception in the end zone. They did, and they couldn't do anything with it. But uh, to me, it was just, like, the difference in line play. Like, Western yeah. was just pushing people around. Like, even, even on Keon's touchdowns, like, two of them, they ran like the inside zone slice. I believe they had the slice on it, but uh, both times Keon came scot free through the through the middle and just kind of cruised, like kicked it into high gears, saw the open field, and just took off um, like a Mustang, like a racehorse does. Uh, <laughs> if we want to make that uh, corny connection, but uh, hey, hey no. GGs are always the first horse out of the gate. And where were they at the end of the race, Connor? Not hoisting the eights cup. There we go. <laughs> but uh, no, like both ways, though, he, their, their line cleared out so much, even reaching to the second level, they were able to dominate the point of attack uh, so well that like he had 158. Trey had 69 yards rushing. Like they put it together in the ground game so well. They didn't even need to use Savon Magne Jones or Brett Ellerman, who... I'm saying right now is their playoff sleeper. Every year, this guy comes out with a huge game in the playoffs, and we haven't seen it yet. St. FX, it's going to happen. It's so sneaky. Like, you just don't even realize they're happening. Like, I, I, was, I was flipping through 
the videos that we there a lot of the footage that we took from from the yates yesterday and like i was scrolling through scrolling through and all of a sudden i'm like okay this is like kind of a nice angle suite and then i see like 14 run a little over route and then get absolutely demolished in traffic and still hang on to the ball and i was like what Brett Ellerman, where did you come from? And then I'm sliding through the videos again. And a couple of plays later, basically the same play. Brett Ellerman comes on this little like seven to 10 yard over sneaks, like underneath the safety over top of the linebacker. Hillick pins it on him. And then, and Ellerman has another nice gainer. And I'm like, Brett Ellerman, what are you doing? And then you look at the, the stat sheet and he's got three receptions for 44 yards. Like yeah. Brett Ellerman is just like, he's open, he's available and he gets the ball and he turns it into positive yardage. <laughs> I got a text uh, in the middle of the game saying any pass play not designed to go to number 14 is a failure of a pass play. I'm like, well, you know, they do have Savon Magnet Jones, who's like the OUA leader in yards per game. But like, yeah, Brett Ellerman is like, you know how tall he is. Like you can see it on film, how big he is. But the, like he has a lot of thicknesses in his body that he hasn't had in previous years. But he's bulked up, he's bigger, and he can really dominate over the middle and play those tough catches because of that now. But uh, my, my favorite nothing. thing, sorry, like I didn't mean to cut you off. Like, like I don't know, I'm just gushing over Brett Ellerman here. My favorite thing, my favorite thing about Brett Ellerman though is like when you watch him, when you watch him run his routes, he's so smooth. His footwork is so nice. He's so smooth when he's running those routes that you know that's part of it. That's part of what makes him so hard to cover. That's part of what makes him so hard to cover is that when he has the ability to just break it off and be quick out of that break. And you don't necessarily know when it's coming because he has that ability to control his body and kind of hide when he's going to make that break. I mean, that's part of what gets him so wide open. He's just, he's so fun to watch run his routes because of his ability to kind of break those off clean and have those quick in and out of his breaks. He is a true and true veteran. Uh, We hope that he can put on a performance next week. Against the AUS winner, let's move to that conference now because we had St. Effects. Ride the bus. Holding on for dear life as Bishops tried to make a comeback in the second half. After going up 9-0, Bishops opened up the scoring in the third quarter with a touchdown. Then all of a sudden they started to kind of tie the game at 9-9 and then they took the lead and then X rode the bus. Uh, two touchdowns by Malcolm Bussey uh, kind of pushed them back in front. They had a field goal as well but that sealed the deal for the Santa Fe X- X-Men. It really did. I mean like we, we joke about riding the bus but he did. He had 22 rushes, 66 yards, two touchdowns but I mean Silas Fagdam, he had a great game as well. 22 completions in this one on 36, but he had 300 yards again, 300 yards in a, in a playoff game again. Uh, didn't throw a touchdown in this one, but he still had a nice game. I mean, considering what ha- how this game went and, and the way it broke down, I mean, I really, liked what, I really liked what X did offensively in this one, but we were talking to, we stayed in contact with our guy Ray a little bit. We're going to bring him back to uh, maybe preview this now that it's a, a Western, Western X mashup. We'll bring him back into preview, but we were staying in contact with Ray out on the East coast. And he was saying like the difference in this game was that, you know, X was able to generate and sustain drives where, you know, bishops would make these nice defensive stops and then two and out, or maybe pick up a first down and then have to punt on the, you know, the ensuing, the ensuing set of downs. But so I, I guess that's really what it was. It was these, these kind of stall outs from bishops. And when you take chunk plays out, 
with Zachariah Kareem, Benoit Cormier, Isaac Fagnan, who each, like, they all had catches over 20 or 30 yards. Those chunk plays really flipped the field for you. And when, you know, Bishops didn't, we can now say they didn't make a field goal all year. Uh, when you have a team like that, you know, they have to score a touchdown or they're not getting points. And if you can even take a chunk play and punt and pin them deep, you make their chance of scoring touchdowns so much greater. And to your kicking thing, when we talk about, you know, Bishops not being able to make field goals, when X needed them, they went four of five. Max Capriotti hit four or five of his field goals. So that makes a difference as well. Like, like when you can't hit your field goals, when you have no field goals on the season, it burns you. It does. And, uh, like, it just makes it so much more difficult on you, right? Because now everything's on your offense. And uh, from what this X team was able to do in their last two games, they now have to go after having cracks in the armor from both Acadia and Bishops. They now have to fly to Toronto, take a bus out to London, stay the night, and get ready to play against the Western Mustangs. Uh, when we talked to Austin Fordham-Miller, he said they hope they can recreate the last time that Act Western had to play the AUS winner, uh, which for those of you guys that don't remember, it was a couple years ago. They won like 72-7 to over Acadia. It was ugly. Uh, but this X team has an explosive offense. They can keep up with people if they need to get into a track meet. Uh, but we're going to s- preview that one on Thursday for you guys. Uh, so we will leave it there. Let's talk Saskatchewan Huskies. Hey, was somebody, 38 somebody unanswered? Was somebody right about this early on in the season? One of, yes, one of, you were one right. Of our, one of our CFP hosts here. Was one of us right about this one earlier? You were right. In the you were right. You were wow. right. Wow. It's okay. Feels good. Uh, I'm just mad that I lost on the Lions money line. That's that's all I'm really mad about. Three points, Connor. Three points, okay. <laughs> Dude, I don't, I don't want to get into it. But uh, let's talk about Sask because they go down 16 nothing, And then uh, their defense forces a safety. And then it was, you know, 36 other points unanswered until Manitoba kicked a rouge. Then Riker Frank's 50-yard run kind of said, bye-bye. Uh, 579 yards of total offense. Mason Nice threw for 220. Adam Macker ran for 223. Riker Frank had 97. Uh, Iwanchina had 53. Like, this is just ridiculous. Like, at this point, Mason Nice and Adam Macker. 20 attempts on the ground for Macker, 20 completions for Nice, and they both were up over 220. Like, this is this is just ridiculous at this point. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't even I don't even know what to say about this Saskatchewan Huskies offense. It's ridiculous. You have, you have Sam Baker going off on any given week. You have Adam Mackard, who can still come out and, you know, carry the ball 20 times for 200 yards and three touchdowns, which is whatever. He, he averaged 11.2 yards per carry. That's absurd. And I mean, when you have the way the offense is, is playing and the way that they're rolling, I mean, who is stopping Saskatchewan right now? And when you get down, you get down 16 points, you still come back and win. 
who the hell is stopping Saskatchewan? It's it's insane to me what this Scott Flory team is doing. And I mean, defensively, even they they don't do anything that's necessarily like super eye popping. I mean, in this one, they had they had three sacks, three three on tees, which which obviously helped in the win. But I mean, nobody really really pops off the stat sheet. It's just a bunch of very solid performances, and that's what I like so much about this this Huskies team is you can really feel that they play as a collective unit. We are so lucky that Saskatchewan and Western don't have to play in the national semifinals because it's so obvious to me that these guys are the top teams in the country. And it is so obvious that Sask is that team. I mean, this defense stepped up. They bailed out Nias. I mean, they gave them chances, but Nias threw a pick first drive of the game. RJ Shelley housed it or almost housed it. He went 65 yards the other way. Uh, and then after that, the defense put up three sacks, two picks. Nixon Ball's pick at the end, he jumped an out route, almost housed it. Uh, such a great return, such a great jump. Uh, but the linebackers fly around. Nathan Cherry, God, like they lose uh, they lose Nick Daly. Nathan Cherry's still there just racking up points and production on the other side for them. With this SAS team, though, this O-line, pushes people around just like we talked about the western you out physical teams and they just out physical the team that has seen them already this year yeah they have but i mean i mean come draft time i'm sure we'll be talking about noah zerv because he does a whole hell of a lot for that saskatchewan huskies offense um big part of why adam mackart was able to average 11 yards of carry is that huskies offensive line i mean scott flory gets those guys right out there in the west Saskatchewan 45-17 win over Manitoba to take the Hardy Cup after the heartbreaker last year against those Calgary Dinos. So they are going to be playing the Montreal Caravan for a chance to go to the Vanier Cup. We are going to have another guest jump on and help us preview that one. We won't uh, we won't give it away yet, but we are going to have a Can West expert join us to help preview that game. But before we do close the episode out, we got to talk about the U Sports MVP because the nominees are out. So coast to coast, Silas Fagnan, AUS, uh, representative from StanFX, Arsec Olivier Bois, not Adam Vance, but it was a Concordia quarterback. Uh, OUA, we've got Trey Ford and Can West. We've got Tyson Philpott. I mean, with Tyson... <laughs> He was unanimous MVP out in the West Coast. He had 124 yards per game, nine touchdowns in six games. Uh, this guy was on a different level compared to everyone else. And, I mean, credit to Josiah Joseph uh, because he was the one throwing the rock to him, but 746 yards. His brother Jalen had 799, but only three majors, nine touchdowns. Like, that's as many as Keon Edwards had rushing. And... Tyson Philpott had to share the field with his brother. <laughs> they had to share the field with uh, Nate Durkin as well. Like they had a ton of receivers in Calgary that could put up points, but it was his nine touchdowns. It was his 746 yards that sealed the deal for his MVP campaign. That's a, that's a bit of, that one came out of left field for me. I wasn't really. No, I did not expect. Like, I did not, all. not expect. Tyson Philpott to be the, the, I did not expect Tyson Philpott to be the unanimous MVP 
for the can West. But when you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, yeah. this is, this just, is a player that never we, think of receivers as no. a conference MVP because like, like the NFL's MVP award, it becomes a quarterback or a running back award because people usually say, well, you know, this receiver had this many yards and touchdowns. Okay. Well, the quarterback threw to him plus all these other people, but for Tyson Philpott, I think it was very deserving. Yeah. Yeah. I have to agree. And I mean, makes a very strong case for a Vanier or makes a very strong case for, for a heck Creighton trophy. I mean, what he's doing, we haven't seen really ever. I mean, we haven't seen in a long time, I should say. I mean, there's probably some, some historians out there that might come from my throat, but we haven't seen something like this in a very long time. What he's doing is undeniable. But I mean, when you look at the other guys across the country as well, I mean, Olivier, Watt, what he was able to do, 2,470 yards, 18 touchdowns, eight games played. I mean, he had two extra games to kind of put some of those stats up. But nonetheless, what he did for those Concordia Stingers was nothing short of incredible either. Yeah, and uh, when we talk AUS, South Fagnan, 259.4 yards per game through the air, 10 touchdowns, leading the team to an undefeated record, Loney Bowl, that being in his first year as well uh pseudo first year because i believe he was on the roster for the cancellation uh last year but as a freshman to be able to come out and go eight no leading your team with a heavy passing attack i know malcolm bussey has over 100 yards a game but that really turned it on late when he was racking up 200 yard games uh but for fagman he was consistent in this offense and you saw it last week as well he threw 300 yards against bishops and then the OUA MVP, Trey Ford, finished top five in both passing and rushing, not only in the OUA, but in the nation this year. He was a top five rusher, top five passer. Trey Ford, the town of Trey Ford, I mean, like, do we do we need to say more about it? Because, gosh, how much, how much have we said that this dude is special? How many times have we said, you need to watch number five on Waterloo? How many times have we said, keep your eye on Trey Ford? Like, it, it's we sound like a broken record, but it needs to be said because his he's just so good. He's so athletically gifted, so physical. Like I firmly believe that he could, it, if he was asked, if he could, he could be the second coming of Brad Sinopoli in the CFL, and you could work, you could work him in so many different ways. He, he doesn't. I know he's a quarterback, and he probably wants to make make a run at quarterback. But if if somebody says to him, "Hey, like, if you play wide receiver, you." potentially could be a most outstanding Canadian for at least three of your, however many seasons, like you, I would be like, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. I'll go play receiver. You want me to do that? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> it all depends. But with Nathan Rourke making that bump into the CFL, like you said, I'm sure Trey Ford's eye in the quarterback position and nothing else. Rightfully so. I mean, but like hundred percent agree, but uh, it, it would be an interesting switch to see someone of his speed playing in the slot. Uh, on that note, though, we're ready. National semifinals next week. X at Western. The Huskies traveling to Sepsum. Hope you guys are practicing your Stairmaster because the away locker room sucks <laughs> at Sepsum. Okay. Huskies, be warned. <laughs> you guys have a lot of stairs in your near future. Uh, also, watch out for this the staircases on the stands stairs are just an issue at Sepsum period uh for the away team but uh i'm very interested in that huskies match and 
As always, you guys know where to find us at Connor R. O'Neill, at Wade Zank, at CF Perspective. And if you want to get all those Black Friday deals that Connor mentioned earlier on from Fox 40, make sure you head over to fox40shop.com, enter the code CFP15 for an extra 15% off your order. And once again, thank you so much to Dan for having us out to the tailgate before that Yates Cup. And appreciate showing love to Sawdust City. You can grab your own Sawdust City beer at Sawdust. You can grab your own Sawdust City at sawdustcitybeer.com. They offer brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This November, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. So use CFP at checkout to receive free shipping on your first order over $100. Must be legal drinking age. And the deal is available to Ontario residents only. That's it. That closes us out. We will catch you guys on Thursday.